Alrighty, as we get started tonight, we're on the attributes of God, number nine, the truth of God, the truth of God. And so there's, there's a mass of information dealing with this. So I just wanted to, like, like these others, I just want to take one thing, try to get it to you, so you'll have some understanding about this. The first part of this, we'll talk about God, then we'll talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, then we'll talk about revealed truth. So right before I get started, what we have is this. We have divine truth and we have revealed truth, Okay. And they're extremely important. Divine truth revealed truth. When we talk about revealed truth here in a minute, we're going to have to deal with the thought of inspiration because if somebody hands you a thing they call a Bible, but it's not God's inspired word, then it's nothing but total deception. So if somebody were to hand me a book of Mormon and say, well, that's, that's God's word, I'd say, no, it's not. If, if a Jehovah's Witness was to hand me one of his New World translations, I'd tell him, no, it's not. And so as far as revealed truth goes, inspiration is an absolute must. And so that's something we've got to deal with. And um, so as we start tonight, I want to start off by challenging you all with this thought. And here's the thought. If God is a God of truth and his words are truth, then how much attention should we give to his words? Amen. You see, if we don't, give heed to his words, then we're functioning just like the Israelites did. And God said, well, they, they pay no heed to my word. I give them my word, but they, don't, they, they hear it, but they won't do anything with it. So we don't want to be that way because there's a horrible consequence to pay for that. And so... <clears throat> As we get started tonight, we'll start talking about divine truth and what makes divine truth divine is the fact is dealing with God. And so in Numbers 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie. So God's not going to lie about anything neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? If God says it, he's going to do it. If God says it, he has the power to make it happen. If God says it, it's truth. And because it's truth, 
That means it's going to be faithful and you and I can trust it. So we find in Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. God will never lie. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is, a, he is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity, just and right is he. There's a lot to be said when we start talking about the truth of God. But here we're going to find this statement, a God of truth, a God of truth, a God of truth. What do we mean by that? Later on, we'll see when it says of something, it means you're born of it like it's part of you. What we see here with this, we realize that a God of truth, the very essence of God is truth. The very mind and heart of God is truth. God is pure truth. He is a God of truth. And without iniquity, just and right is he. Divine truth is referred to as divine truth because God is truth. That's it. We'll discuss that in a moment. Psalm 31.5 Into thine hand I commit my spirit Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. A lot could be said of these, but he's a God of truth. And so into thine hand I commit my spirit. Why? Why can I do that? Because he's a God of truth. Amen. And then he said, thou hast redeemed me. Well, if you're sitting here and saved, you've been redeemed. Amen. And realize this, that as a redeemed person, you say, well, the, this book says that, but can I believe that? Yes, you can. You see, he's a God of truth. God thinks truth, speaks truth, does truth and nothing moves him from that. God thinks truth. It's his essence. God speaks truth. That's all he can do. Amen. God does truth even though you and I might not understand it. But God does truth. That is divine truth. And so we must never forget the fact that if God is a God of truth, 
How much attention should we give to his words and commands? Watch this now. Let's go to Jesus. We talked about God the Father, God of truth. Now let's go to Jesus. Let's, let's see what he has to say there. It's going to change a little bit. John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He says, Jesus saith. What did he say? I am the way, the truth. He's the truth. He's got to be the truth. But it says here, as we look at this, Jesus saith unto them, I am. And that's what he is. He's truth. Amen. If Jesus can say, me and my Father are one, that means the attribute of God is carried in the Son of God. Jesus says, I am what? The truth. Wow. How do you like that? Well, boy, we could take off on that thing and run from Genesis to Revelation, couldn't we? Mm -hmm. On the fact that he's the truth. But then here's what's fabulous about this. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. See that? But then he says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now just think about this, folks. That is an absolute truth. Amen. All right? That is a divine truth, but that is also a revealed truth. You see that? And so since it's a re revealed truth, it's a truth that you and I must live with. It's a truth that you and I must absolutely share with others. It's a truth that we cannot get away from. What is it? He states it. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Who said that? The one that's called the truth. That is the truth. There's no other way. And so when we look at that, we realize then we might want to ask the question, how are you saved? Were you saved because of Christ and his finished work? Did he draw you to him? And the only way you get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. That's it, period, yeah. done. Uh, you, you can talk about it all you want to, but Christ is the truth. Amen. And Christ, Christ spoke the truth, you see. The truth of God is something that we should pay close attention to. John 18, verse 37 Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, 
that I should bear witness unto the truth. Whoa. Bear witness unto the truth. He just said he was the truth. So he's bearing witness to all the prophecies of him. He's bearing witness to his own birth. He's bearing witness to his own life. He's bearing witness to his own death. He's, he'll bear witness to his own resurrection. Man. You see what? He's bearing witness unto the truth. And he said, I am the truth. And so what he's doing is bearing witness to himself. And then look what he says. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Now, here is one of those statements like I taught you the other week. When you see these, some of these statements that says of the truth, of the book, whatever like that. It's talking about born of. He's born of that, right? And uh, so here we have everyone that is of the truth. In other words, born of the truth. Heareth my voice. So what you have here now, just think about this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I think I might have told you all, uh, I knew a missionary one time and that John 10, boy, that was his favorite verses. I mean, those jungle people would profess Christ. And the first thing he'd do is they start talking to him about John 10. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And uh, here's the reality of that. Well, look at this. Look what you're looking at here. This is fabulous. Everyone that is born of the truth, everyone that is of the truth, of the truth, born of the truth, heareth my voice. See that? And uh, that goes right with John 10, doesn't it? Those people that are born of the truth. Jesus said, I'm the truth. Wow. <coughs> Those people that's been born again by Jesus Christ, like he says, they heareth my voice. So I want you to know, with God, he's a God of truth. That's divine truth. Then we find with Jesus, this that you're reading right now is divine truth. It's truth. Amen. I, young or old sitting here tonight, I want you to know something. God's truth is something that we all will have to face one day. We're going to have to deal with God's truth. Everyone that is born, that is of the truth, born of the truth, heareth my voice. Wow. Remember, Christianity is not inclusive. Christianity is exclusive. Ever so important, only those that's been born of truth will hear his voice. Amen. Wow. Revelation 3, 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. 
He that is true. I'm going to share something with you in just a second. He that hath the key of David, and he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. The thing that I want you to grasp out of this tonight, when it deals with this attribute of God, the truth of God, is we have verse after verse after verse, oh, multitudes of verses, dealing with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all all these verses relate to the truth. The truth. The truth. I am the truth. He's a God of truth. He is truth. So on. The word's truth. Everything's truth. So the thing that you and I must realize when we handle the word of God, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, whether we like it or not. It's truth. And the only thing that really counts is God's truth. Amen. God's truth. There's <laughs> nothing else. People say, well, that's my truth. Well, you can have all your truth you want. Right. Uh, you'll die and go to hell with your truth also. Watch this now. It says, he that is true. See that? He that is true. There in Revelation 3, 7. He that is true. He is. He's true. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, think about this. If we're dealing with divine truth, And divine truth is being stated to you and me about salvation. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Everyone that is born of the truth or is of the truth heareth my voice. That's truth. That is biblical truth. That's spiritual truth. Now, I want you to know something. Divine truth never changes. Divine truth is something that you and I can trust in, in life and in death. Look at this one. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6. What do we have here? The Holy Spirit. Now watch this. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the the Spirit is truth. Now, What I want to do here tonight, before I get into the revealed truth, is I just wanted to show you something here. Have you noticed divine truth deals with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? We've dealt with all three. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit right here. All three of them. 
have this relationship with truth. God the Father, he's a God of truth. Jesus Christ, he's truth. The Spirit, because the Spirit is truth. So what we see is the Trinity, the unity of the Trinity. It has to be that way. If God the Father is going to be of truth, then God the Son's got to be of truth. And if God the Father and God the Son are of truth, then God the Holy Spirit's got to be of truth. And so in these few verses that I've shared with you right here, we see that the Trinity is in unity when it comes to truth. So God the Father is going to deal in truth because that's his essence. God the Son is going to deal in truth because that's what he is. God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he's truth. It's the only way he can function, in truth. And so what we see here as we rejoice in this reality, the Trinity is in unity when it comes to truth. And that's the only way it could be. There's no other way, no other way, period. Amen. Now, let's slow down a little bit and talk about revealed Truth. Revealed truth. Now, inspiration guarantees the truth of the narrative. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay? Now, That puts all of us in a dilemma, doesn't it? In the day in which we live. If it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, then how can we have all these different Bibles? Because things that are different are not the same. What is it that we need to look at? Well, we've got to go back to that old received text. Amen. That textus receptus. If I'm looking at something that's translated out of that, from that, compared to that, everything, then I'm looking at something that I can say, okay. Because that's the only thing, that's the only thing, and I mean that's the only thing, that has ever been accepted by Baptist people and Bible-believing people. Amen. From the time of its inception to today, that's the only thing that's been accepted. Amen. But in these days of apostasy, what do we have? Man, we got things that's 
that's been translated from stuff they found in your garbage can. I mean, man, they can print anything up anymore and wrap it up, print Bible on the front of it. People will buy it and say, I like it. That's really good. But remember this. When it comes to revealed truth, inspiration is an absolute must. Amen. Because if you've got something that does not have the markings of inspiration on it, you don't have the Word of God. Amen. It might sound good, read good, look good, but that's no sign it's an inspired Word of God. And the thing that we must deal with, I, some people say, well, you know, I like this thing because it reads easy. Reads easy? I could care less if it reads hard. I'm looking for that which has the marks of inspiration on it. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Not all Bibles are given by the inspiration of God. Amen. That's right. That's why it's so important. Revealed truth. If it's going to be revealed to us, I just want truth revealed to me. Amen. Amen. Nothing else. Psalm 12, 6 and 7. The words of the Lord of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Amen. Now look what God says in verse 7. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Amen. So I want you to know something. I don't care if I walk into a Bible bookstore as big as this building and, and they have bookshelves with 10,000 Bibles on it. I'm going to look for the one that God has preserved from generation to generation. Amen. When somebody tells me, well, look, I've got a new book here. It was printed 10 years ago. If he hands it to me, I'm just going to walk over to the nearest garbage can and drop it. Because God said, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forward. I'm not looking for a new one. Amen. I want the old one that he's been preserving from generation to generation. We live in a day today where everybody thinks that they got to have something easy. No, it would listen, it wouldn't make it difference if God gave it to us in second grade level reading. It takes the Holy Spirit of God to reveal the truths of it. Amen. 
So what people are trying to do when they say, well, that's a hard read. What they're saying is this. Forget the Holy Spirit revealing these truths to me. Trash Him. I'm going to try to find me a book that I do not need the Holy Spirit to translate that for me. That's why those books sell so good because they don't need the Holy Spirit to teach it to them. But the inspired Word of God is a must because the inspired Word of God requires the revelation of God to us. The Holy Spirit is required for you and me to understand the inspired Word of God. The inspired Word of God is beyond regular human consciousness. Amen. We can read about the history and we can read about the people. We can read about all of that. But listen, you'll never know the spiritual things of the inspired Word of God unless the Holy Spirit of God opens up the Word of God and reveals it to you. Amen. Like the Lord said, He opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And that's the only way you and I, any saved person or any lost person as far as that goes, will know anything about the Word of God. It requires the Holy Spirit of God to make it known to us. You can have so many doctor's degrees, you look like a walking thermometer. But that is that is that going to open up the Word of God to you? No, nope. not at all. Not at all. If Jesus could take those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and say, well, he, he told them all this stuff, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Guess what you and I need? The same thing. If God the Holy Spirit does not open our understanding that we might understand the Scriptures, you'll never understand it. Never. That's why prayer is so important. That's why the study of the Word of God is so important. Isn't it amazing for those of you who read the Word of God regularly, how that you can start witnessing to somebody? And if I were to ask you, quote this verse, quote this verse, tell me about this verse, tell me about that verse. You, you could, you, I couldn't do it, neither could you. But boy, you get to talking to somebody that God wants you to talk to, and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself quoting verses, telling verses. Those. And then you walk away thinking, where'd that Amen. come from? Amen. You know? Stick a gun to my head and I couldn't do it. But boy, you get me talking to somebody and all of a sudden, you know, here it comes. What what happened? Amen. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. That's why God does that. Watch this now. Remember this, verse 7. All right, Psalms 12, 7, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. You see that? 
God's preserving His Word. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. His truth endureth to all generations. Amen. I've got God's truth laying up here. And you know what? It's going to endure to all generations. Why? Because God, God's going to make that happen. Never forget the activity of God many times. The only way you'll find it is in the details. The only way you'll ever find it is in the details. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Wow. Well, Psalm 100 verse 5 said, His truth endureth to all generations. And now way, way down the road, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Not man's word. God's word is truth. Amen. The truth of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Do you know what the word of God will do to you as you read it? It'll clean your life up. Amen. You keep on reading the word of God and watch what it does to you. It'll cause you to shut the television off. I mean television. It'll, it'll cause you to say no. It'll cause you to pick your friends. and It'll cause you to do a lot of things. Watch what it says. Sanctify them through thy truth. In other words, the word of God has a sanctifying, cleansing effect on you. Amen. There, listen, the most miserable Christians in the world are those Christians that have to live and work around non-Christians. Because the non-Christian, there's nothing sanctifying them. There's nothing setting them apart. Nothing. And uh, they cuss, rant, rave, drink, smoke, carry on, act religious, live immoral, do everything you think of, live, live fight against God, living contrary to God, and uh, there you stand with the Word of God eating your lunch, saying, don't you do that, don't you say that, don't you act like that. You get away from them. You do this, do that, do that, do that. Why, that's the sanctifying effect of the Word of God. Amen. It's truth. Thy Word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. I want you to know something. I've had people tell me over the years, well, I've read the Word of God. I've read the Bible. I've read the Bible. Then read it again and read it again and read it again. Why? Because it has a sanctifying truth. Amen. It'll motivate us some days and shut us down and rain on our parade another day. The Word of God, listen to me, 
The more you know about God, you'll find it in His Word, but the more you know about God, the more relationship you'll have with God. Amen. And you can't love somebody you don't know. Amen. Boy, you get into the Word of God, it'll amaze you. That's right. I had a couple of verses that I wanted to use, but I ran out of space. But one of them just simply said, Lord, thy word brings, causes me joy and causes me to rejoice in thy word. You see, revealed truth will have an effect upon you. All right, watch this now. Revelation 21, 4 and 5. And... Uh, Make sure you got your Bible laying close to you. I'm going to have to, you're going to have to use it here in a minute. Now watch this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now look what he says in verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, that's John, Write. For these words are true and faithful. In other words, he just spoke a wonderful thing. He, a wonderful thing has been stated. And he says, write it. These words are true. These words are true and faithful. Listen, when you read that, God's wipe away all tears from their eyes. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. Former things are passed away. Write these things down for they're true and faithful. I want you to know something. Is God a liar? No. Well, then that's your future you're just reading right there. Amen. That's your future. That's my future. That's our future. Think about it. This is the word of God, and it's true. Amen. Amen. The truth of God. We find in Thessalonians 4, what's he say? Comfort one another with these words, doesn't he? Amen. Why? Because they're true words. And when you look at this, he, he makes this most wonderful statement and then he tells John, John, write it down. This is true and faithful. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, when you look at this, I want you to realize something. Uh, these words are true. Amen. So what we've just read is your future. I don't care how bad this life has been to you. You just read your future. Matter of fact, it was so good, God told John to write it down so you could read it, you could know it, you could rejoice in it, we can look at it and say, praise God, that's my future. Amen. 
It's not a future of sorrow and sickness. It's not a future of weeping and wailing. It's not a future of discouragement and wickedness. No, 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 no. No. It says, for the former things are passed away. No crying, no sickness, no sorrow, no death, nothing. How do you like that? Amen. And you know what? That is your future. God said it, and it's true. Just no wonder people that grasp this, if the Holy Spirit of God will give this to you tonight, you'll never be the same. You'll not allow the wickedness of this world, the sickness of the world, the discouragement of this world to drag you down. It'll try, it'll try, and the devil will use it to try to get you down. But listen, all you have to do is say, devil, stop. Stop, hold it. Devil, let me read something to you, devil. I want to tell you what my future is. This is my future. God said so, and God only speaks truth. That's why when God said that, it was so cotton-picking good. He said, John, write, write that down, John. I just said, God, I just see God say, that, boy, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, John, write that down. I want them to read that. So listen, when you get a bad case of poochy lip disease, and you feel like you got a 10,000 fleas in your armpits. And things are just all messed up. Read that. Amen. Read that. For, I remember walking through a graveyard one time. and Somebody must have been saved when they buried that old man. And because uh, I looked down at his, his gravestone. And it, it said... Uh, hey, he always looked for a better day. Now he has it. And so anyway, he was positive about it. All right, real quick, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Real quick, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now, here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 to 19. Now, let me give this to you first of all real quick. I want you to get it. What you're looking at here, these verses show the absolute importance of the Word of God. In verses 13 to 15... You have a blessing. Verses 16 and 17, you have a cursing. But then in verse 18 and 19, you see the importance of the word of God in everyday life. In verse 18, he says, my words. In verse 19, he says, my words. Now let's read that real quick. Deuteronomy 11, 13, 14, and 15. Here's what it says in those first few verses. 
And it shall come to pass if ye shall, shall hearken, that means to hear and do, hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land. All right? In his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Verse 15. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. That's the blessing. See it? All right. Now watch verse 16. And uh, we'll, verse 16 and 17, just those two verses. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived. And ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven that there be no rain and that the land yield not her fruit. And lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Wow. So there you have a blessing. And then you have a cursing, right? In other words, you got a choice. Either you're going to live the good life with God or you're going to live the bad life with yourself. Now watch this. Here's the importance of this. Verses 18 and 19. Watch this now. Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that ye may be as frontless between your eyes. And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, these verses are absolutely important. Do you see that? Why should you teach these things to your kids? Because it means either success or failure. Why should you teach these things to yourself and to your children? Uh, because it means either you're going to eat or you're going to starve to death. Uh, why should you do that? Because it either has the blessings of God on one side or the wrath of God on the other. Why should you have the word of God in your heart, your mind, and your soul? Why should you teach it to the children? Because you don't want the children to raise up, fight against God, and then God take away the very food they eat. You see, that's pretty important stuff, isn't it? Look, at, look how important that is to the family. Look how important it is to the individual. The importance of the word of God in everyday life. Somebody asked me, said, uh, how, how do you use the word of God in a devotion when you talk to your children and stuff? I said, simple. That's no problem. Good example. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Teach the kids the lesson. If you sow rebellion, you're going to reap rebellion. Sow good, you reap good. So if your life turns out an absolute wreck, it's because you, you sowed that type of stuff to everybody else. Amen. You reap what you sow. 
God will make sure of that. God always makes sure we get a bumper crop. All right? Always. Always. What you sow, you reap. Boy, that's why salvation is so absolutely wonderful. Amen. But why? Because your sin is gone. Amen. Cast behind God's back as far as the east is from the west. I mean, it's done. It's over with. It's gone. But the word of God is really important for these words are true and faithful. Wow. What a statement, huh? So I end with this tonight. If God is a God of truth, and he is, how much attention should we give to his words? If God speaks truth, then how much attention should we give to that which he hath spoken? If God has written his words, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. If God has written his words, then how much attention should we give to his words? Gather around, let's pray.